Hello, everybody. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in on this Sunday. Uh, let's see, today's the 13th. I know there's a daylight savings, so uh, time is a little bit off today. Uh, as we go back to, we lose an hour. So uh, hopefully you guys got a little sleep this morning, despite losing the hour. I just got back from, uh, where was I? San Diego, uh, where I was on the Reawake America tour and um, just shook the hands of hundreds of amazing people and had some great conversations. Maybe you were there. Um, maybe you were able to watch. We'll post the video this week. I have so much uh, content, videos from the last week or so uh, that I have not posted yet. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of postings this next week uh, as I uh, post all those interviews and conversations and uh, just amazing things that God did. So you'll see that I've been very busy. Uh, I know some of you asked, where have you been, Pastor Todd? We haven't seen the podcast. Well, I've been on the road. There's the National Religious Broadcasters that just happened this last week in Nashville, Tennessee. And so I was there for three days. And then uh, on the end of that, um, I went right to uh, California, to San Diego, and then spoke on Saturday at the Rewake America Tour. And uh, so it's just been a very busy couple of days. I had so many different dinners and meetings and um, just so many different things that I, I will catch you up on. Uh, I'll talk about some of them this morning, but I, I want to get into the Word of God this morning, so we'll talk more about that on the podcast. But do you want to give a couple announcements before we get into the Word today? Uh, so we've been talking about these Remnant Revival Centers, and uh, I've been working behind the scenes you know, with a corporate real estate person and uh, just trying to find a space here in Nashville. We've been praying. Um, it's all about God's timing and, you know, he has to open the door. So our goal is to have the first one in Nashville, um, in August. That's the goal because I felt the Lord say August. Uh, but if he decides not to do it by August, then, you know, that's up to him. Uh, we're going to, we're going to keep moving forward with the steps, but you know, it's interesting because there's so many spaces in Nashville. I thought it would be pretty easy for this, um, this corporate real estate agent to go find a space, but so far she hasn't found anything. So um, pray, you know, it's, it's God's, uh, God's the one that's got to open the door for us to get there. Of course, we also uh, need to get the loan approved and finances and all that good stuff. But, you know, I know that God uh, often gives the vision before he gives the provision. So we're really trusting the Lord. That's actually what I'm going to talk about this morning. And the message is trusting the Lord. Um, but we're going to talk about a lot of different things because there's a lot to talk about. Um, so the Remnant Revival Center is a, it's in flux. It's, it's, it's happening. Um, it's an, you know, just an amazing vision that the Lord has given us as a ministry. Uh, if you've never heard about it, I'll just give you a little brief synopsis. Uh, but I was in a town in Kentucky and there was a mega church and, uh, you know, massive mega church probably sat at least 3000 people. And this building was just massive. It had to be millions of dollars, you know, the facility, and I uh, went across the street and was, you know, seeing some people that were, you know, in despair. And uh, I was just asking some questions as a minister and talking to people and praying with them. It was like at a local coffee shop and there's like a little strip mall there. And I was asking them, do they know about the mega church? And the people were like, no, we don't even know about it. And this town had maybe 40,000 people, 50,000. It wasn't a big town. So I thought, you know, a good portion of that town probably goes to that mega church. And there were other churches in this little town as well. And yet you can see that there was a lot of people in need and uh, just a lot of people struggling right across the street. And I've seen this all over the country. I know you probably have too. Uh, you know, I used to see in California a lot where there'd be a homeless encampment literally right across the street from churches. And, uh, you know, not that, you know, some people in the homeless community don't want to be helped. Uh, I've, I've worked with the homeless. You know, there's three different types of homeless people. There's the people that just had, uh, you know, bad situation that ended up homeless. And those are the people that really need and want help. 
and want to get back into the workforce and have their life restored and just a series of bad events happen in their life. So those are the people that, you know, are really able to be helped in that community. Then there's people um, that are mentally ill. They also need help, but they need a different kind of help. Uh, you know, from our understanding, they're probably demonized. A lot of them, uh, they need deliverance and, uh, but they also, some of them need, uh, you know, real medical attention and, and that type of thing. So that's the other segment of the homeless population. And then there are people that actually, I know this is hard to believe, there's actually people that want to live that lifestyle. They like living on the street and they don't want, they, you know, they definitely go to the shelter sometimes once in a while they get, you know, the food from the food pantries, but they like the lifestyle. They don't want to get, you know, rehabilitated and put back in the workforce. So that's what I learned from how many years do we do it? I think 16 or 17 years of food ministry in Chatsworth, California. And so uh, that was not something that I knew until we did the ministry uh, for many years and had a ton of conversations and work with people regularly from the homeless community. So, you know, I have to just put that asterisk in there so that you guys know that that is the case in the homeless. But, you know, for that first group that I talked about, there's families that have just had a series of bad events and, and the church has to be the church and help those people. We have to help all of them. Uh, and that's just one community. That's the homeless. And then there's so many other communities and different things that are going on of people that need help, you know, in, in our cities, in our, in our towns. So the church, um, you know, for many, many years was, you know, the center of, of the community and, and, and helped in all those areas and helped in counseling and helped in, you know, the church was the head, not the tail. And then what happened was government started becoming people's church and it, 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 it came, you know, in and, and the church kind of, you know, the church still does its part, uh, but it, there was a change in our country. And, and it wasn't like uh, historically where the church was really leading the culture. And so a lot of people then look to government for entitlements and uh, handouts. And um, so there's really been a shift. And I really think it was the enemy um, where government became people's God. And that's why a lot of people on the left, you know, they think better, you know, more government is good. You know, uh, government should be involved in every aspect of our life, including raising our kids. And uh, this is the, the big culture war that's happening. You know, one of the aspects of it in our nation. But, you know, we know from the word of God uh, and the way that God has ordained for government to be set up is, is that the government is on his shoulders and that the church is meant to be the head and not the tail. And we should, uh, you know, occupy until he comes and influence all segments of society. So this is a real paradigm shift from where we are at currently in our culture. But historically, that is what uh, you know, the way culture was set up. And that, that was why America was so prosperous for so many years, because the foundations of America were the, you know, the biblical principles. Um, you know, our nation was founded on biblical principles. And, and I always say, you know, Israel was chosen by God, but America chose God. And so we are actually a nation that made covenant with God, uh, but we stepped away from that covenant. We've allowed sin and, you know, unrighteousness and just all, all different types of, um, you know, permiscuous, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little tired today, promiscuous lifestyles, um, you know, moral deprivation, uh, just all, all different types of sin that have uh, just come into our society. And uh, it stains our culture. And it is high time that the church stands up again, and uh, rises up. And that's why God, I believe, is allowing this shaking uh, to happen in our nation right now. Because if we don't get this right, we would be a Sodom and Gomorrah. But I believe we're meant to be a Nineveh, and repent and turn from our wickedness. And that is the message and uh, I've been out there sharing this message and, and making sure that I talk about repentance. And I said it even in San Diego, because there's never been, you know, there's one thing that's consistent 
in all the revivals. You know, the, each revival is a little bit different. If you look at like the, uh, the Azusa Street versus the Jesus Movement uh, versus the First Great Awakening, you know, there's, there's big differences. But one of the things that's consistent is repentance. And so preachers and people of God all over, we've got to be talking about repentance and turning away from sin turning away from wickedness and embracing the cross, embracing the word of God, getting back to morality. And that is the answer, friends. Jesus is the answer. So these remnant revival centers, back to my story about uh, Kentucky, you know, it showed me that even though there's churches on so many corners, uh, I mean, Nashville, there's like a church, as many churches as there are coffee shops, you know, but yeah, we're not impacting the culture in the way that we should be. So that's where the Remnant Revival Center comes in, where we allow the five-fold ministry gifting to flow, not just the pastor, but also prophets and, and teachers and evangelists and apostles and the whole gamut. And so um, I'm encouraged about this. I, you know, a lot of people are talking about the vision. They're excited as we go on our travels. And you know, people are saying, yes, this is very exciting. We, we definitely want one. In fact, I, I spoke to a pastor in California who was just outside of Los Angeles, and they want to uh, turn one of their facilities into a remnant revival center. So uh, we're going to have one in California, that's for sure. Um, I'm going to start talking to them, and um, yeah, that's just one. You know, it's up, it's up like in the Antelope Valley area. Uh, but you know, this is what we want. It, it's not. The, I don't need to own the building. It's not about Todd Coconado. Uh, so if there's a church or a pastor somewhere that's a remnant church that we trust and we have relationship with, or that we can get to know and, and know who they are and see that they're part of the remnant. Uh, I have no problem with, uh, you know, signifying that church or facility, a remnant revival center, but they have to allow the fivefold ministry gifting to flow. They got to, you know, have uh, different, you know, teachings and worship nights and uh, equipping the saints and different speakers coming in. And we don't want to just be open on Sunday and maybe Wednesday night. You know, a lot of churches around the country are dark almost every night, you know, five, six nights of the week. Um, you know, God has given us tremendous resources in the body of Christ. And, you know, we're not lacking buildings. Uh, we're not lacking finances. I mean, think about these massive facilities all around the country, but it's going to take the leadership of those churches to say, you know what, this isn't about me. This isn't about this particular ministry. We're not building a kingdom. We're building the kingdom, you know? And so we're going to open up this facility and allow fivefold ministry gifting to flow. Let it be a deliverance center where people can come and converge that need deliverance and healing. Uh, so th this is a very um, big vision and big project, uh, but we are going to start in Nashville. Uh, I do feel like there's going to be one in Florida soon. Um, you know, definitely California. After talking with that pastor, we're going to kind of solidify some details, and then I'll give some information about where that facility in, in the Antelope Valley is going to be, where somebody in California can go out and get delivered and get healed and, and maybe teach a class or, you know, different things. So exciting stuff. I, I can't break it all down because it'll take the whole time this morning, but uh, that's the Remnant Revival Centers. If you have a question or you want to talk to me about it, or the Lord's giving you a vision, or maybe you have a facility that we could utilize in, in a state around the nation, um, let us know. And I know some of you are in the international community and you're outside of the United States, uh, but again, we don't own this vision. This is something that the Lord's put on our heart. People need deliverance. They need healing. They need, they need uh, fellowship. The Bible talks about koinia fellowship. They need fellowship with the ecclesia, the body of Christ. So if you're in Australia or you're in Canada or you're in New Zealand or you're in anywhere, um, you know, you can reach out to me, Todd.Coconado, Todd.Coconado at rlcus.org and let me know, hey, Pastor Todd, we have a building. Uh, we're, we're willing to, to, you know, donate it to, you know, not, you don't have to donate it, but, you know, utilize it 
for a remnant revival center in our city. And let's have a conversation. Let's pray about it. Let's seek the Lord. Um, this is what we want to do. Again, we're not going to own every building and every place. That, that would be impossible. Not impossible. Nothing is impossible for God. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, it would be so much logistically to, to deal with. Uh, but what we're doing is we're building an underground railroad for the remnant. And these remnant revival centers, I believe, are a part of that, where if you're in, you know, I mean, imagine if there's one in every city at some point, right? Uh, at least every major city, you know, so you're going through Atlanta and you say, you know what, I need to find the remnant revival center in Atlanta, you know, and you go over and you, and you say, oh, here it is. And you go there and you find fellow remnant believers. There's the underground railroad, you know, and, and you know that they're people of like mind. So anyway, I, I'm a little tired this morning, so maybe I'm not uh, giving it the best uh, explanation, but hopefully you understand what I'm saying. And uh, but so anyway, the goal is in, in Nashville to get this done by uh, August and open. So just keep praying. We're believing in faith. We're trusting the Lord. We're showing up. We're saying, send me, I'll go. Uh, we're, we're taking the necessary steps in the natural. And of course, we're praying in the supernatural and asking the Lord to give us divine wisdom and understanding and how to do this. So that's that. Now, another big announcement. I was out in California and we made the announcement that we are going to be starting the America's Frontline Pastors. Got a big cheer from the crowd. What is America's Frontline Pastors? Well, for those of you that have been following me for a while, you know, we, we kind of, we've already kind of had this going on, uh, but I, we're changing the name. So it's, uh, it's the Religious Liberty Coalition. We already have over 100 churches that are part of the coalition. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to find pastors that are willing to stand. Pastors that are like Dietrich Bonhoeffer's, you know, that are that are like Arthur Pulowski's, that are like, you know, Pastor Todd Coconato, that are like, you know, people that are just, you know, I mean, some of my friends, you know, people that are willing to stand for the entirety of the word of God, um, you know, and, and, and we want to signify that. So, again, so it's kind of in the same vision. It's related to the Remnant Revival Center. So if you're in, uh, let's say, Chicago. And you, you know, you say, hey, I want to find an American frontline pastor. You know, we want to visit a church this morning, but we don't want to just go to any old church. We want to go to a church where we know the pastor is standing. We want to go to a church where they're, they're teaching the full counsel of God and they're willing to stand for our freedoms and our religious liberties. And, you know, they're a fellow remnant. And so as these people join the American frontline pastors, we'll know it may not be exactly, you know, doctrinally because there's some doctrinal variances, with, you know, throughout the body of Christ. But, you know, at least we'll know that they're willing to stand for the whole Bible, willing to teach the whole Bible, and uh, that they're uh, a fellow, you know, remnant believer. So, um, you know, and again, we're not going to add anybody that's heretical or that, you know, is outside of, of core biblical doctrine. Um, but, you know, the, it, it, it's, it's a unification with the real church, um, you know, and obviously, you know, there's a vetting process and you know, we need to make sure that it's not just any old person that just, hey, I want to join, but it, then it's like we find out they're teaching weird stuff. So, you know, I'm going to need you as eyes and ears as well. Uh, but, you know, the American frontline pastors are going to be pastors that are lions, pastors that are generals, and they're going to join this coalition. And, and so that you're going to be able to see and know, hey, is there a, you know, American frontline pastor in Los Angeles? Oh, yes, there's five of them. Awesome. You know, here they are. And then you can pray over which, you know, church you're meant to visit or, you know, align with, or if you live there, maybe become a member. Uh, but this is, it's a network. Again, it's the greater vision of building the underground railroad of the remnant, because there has to be a separation. There is a separation that's going on of the wheat from the chaff and those that are willing to stand and the, and the real lions and generals. And then you got the people that aren't. And um, let me just tell you a little story about that before we get in the message. I know I'm kind of rambling on, but I think these are pretty exciting things, right? 
Are you excited about these things? I mean, I think this is uh, because, you know, we're people of action. We're not just the people of talk. There's a lot of talk out there. You know, I've been to so many different um, you know, meetings of, of influential Christians and, you know, there's all this money in the room and influence in the room and, you know, just uh, the collective followers in the room are in the tune of millions. And then we separate and nothing gets done. And I've seen this for years and years. And I'm not trying to be critical, uh, but there's these great groups and they talk and they, you know, everybody's bickering and all these different things. And, and then you leave, you know, and nothing ever gets done. And so we want to be a people of action. We want to put our, our, you know, I guess the term would be money where our mouth is. You know, we want to we want to be in the battle. We don't want to be on the sideline. And that's what we've been teaching. We want to practice what we teach. So, you know, this is a massive vision. Like I said, it's a massive vision. And, and I can get really overwhelmed. But the good news is it's not about me. It's not about this ministry. We're, we're just helping facilitate and kind of lay out the vision. And this is a, a worldwide global remnant community. And, and let me just tell you about that. When I go to different churches, uh, when I was just out there at the Awakened Church down in, in San Diego, you know, people would come up and this, this humbles me more than anything. And they say, Pastor Todd, I just want you to know you're my pastor. And I just, you know, it, it just humbles my heart because first of all, there's a lot of responsibility in that. And, and second of all, it's just like, you know, to know that I, I don't even sometimes know you, you know, and I want to know you because if I'm, if I'm the pastor, I have a shepherd's heart. I want to, I want to know you. I want to be in communication and relationship with you. So if you say, Hey, pastor Todd, you're my pastor. And I've been listening to you for a year or, you know, and, and you're my church, you know, I'm, obviously I'm not the church. I mean, Jesus is the church, but you know what I'm saying? This is, this is your church. Um, let me know, please reach out, you know, Todd.coconado at rlcus.org. Um, I respond personally to the emails. So I'll tell you right now, if I don't respond right away, that's why I can't have somebody responding to my emails because unfortunately then it wouldn't be me speaking and that would be kind of disingenuous and, you know, somebody pretending to be being me, but not me. I want to, I want to know, I want to, you know, I want to, so, you know, it, that's why I answer all my own emails. So sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get back. All right. Here's the last thing before we get in the word. I know I'm rambling on this morning, but hopefully you're getting something out of this too, uh, because it's exciting to see what God is doing in this community, right? Um, he's doing something. That's, that's the whole thing. There's something happening. It's not just talk. Because how many of you guys are just tired of talk? It's a time for action and big faith. And that's why these visions are big. They're huge. But God's given these visions. So how are we going to walk them out? How are we going to facilitate it? How are we going to move the next step? Well, God is clearly in it. It may not go exactly according to plan. Because, it, you know, sometimes we think we have it figured out or we kind of have something in our mind and God does something a little different. I don't even know where we're going to be in August. I mean, our nation could be in a whole different place. I mean, looking at the world right now, you know, we could be at a world war. I don't know. You know, there could be a massive famine, but I do know that there's an urgency in my spirit where the Lord is saying, build these and, 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 and facilitate this because it's going to assist in, in the greater mission. And, you know, there's probably a lot more meaning to it than we even know. There's probably a lot more significance and there's probably a lot more need for these remnant revival centers, because, you know, there could be food shortages at some point, there could be, you know, all different types of things that could happen that we don't know that are unbeknownst to us at this moment. And, and so this is, God is setting an infrastructure and that's what he's done throughout the last couple of years. He, you know, when he brought us to Nashville and, you know, just all these different things, I mean, he, he's been building an infrastructure. He's been setting things up. Look at the religious Liberty coalition. And all of a sudden we have the pandemic, you know, and churches come under attack. I mean, it's been pretty crazy. So um, I know for those of you that watch the podcast and kind of follow the ministry, there was a church that I had visited a while back and there was a mega church and the pastor was like, you know, 
Uh, I have a heart for Biden. Do you guys remember me talking about that? And he's like, I don't see anything wrong with the country. Uh, well, um, you know, it, it, it reminds me of the word that Kent Christmas gave and also something that I've been saying for a while. But I feel like the Lord is going to yank these pastors out of their position. He, God will not be mocked. And uh, if somebody is, is, is acting as business as usual, they don't have an urgency in their spirit. They're not understanding and discerning the times that we're in. Well, I found out this last week that this pastor was yanked from his position, that God literally just took him right out. And uh, that's it. I mean, he's out of the ministry. And uh, this was, the, I mean, you know, I just sat down with this guy. Uh, we were talking about religious liberty. He didn't have any urgency in, our, in his heart. He didn't have any concern for the direction of the nation. He was building a soccer field, you know, at his church. That was his big uh, goal, you know. Well, he's been yanked. So I'm just telling you guys, uh, now is not a time to, you know, be complacent. Uh, now is not a time to act as business as usual. It is high time. The church, we have to light a fire under the body of Christ right now. Uh, it is, we are at a very urgent hour in our world. The situation that's going on in Ukraine, very urgent. I mean, there's all different types of deep state agendas, the Great Reset, um, all different plans they have to transition us from, you know, uh, fossil fuels into some of these election, you know, electric vehicles. I mean, if you look at the big car companies, that's almost all they're looking forward to making now is, is these electric vehicles. And, you know, uh, that, that's a little scary because there's a lot of control that they would have. They can stop the vehicle just like that. I mean, there's... It's crazy that things, you know, they're tracking us through our smartphones and social media and data collection. And, um, you know, they're able to, you know, go into our uh, phones and, and turn on the microphone and listen to our conversations. I mean, if you would hear some of the conversations that I have with some of these Intel people that, are, you know, have left the Intel community recently or, you know, that are whistleblowers or, uh, you know, former colonels and generals and NSA people. I mean, you'd be shocked. I mean, they can turn on your, your computer camera and watch you. I mean, it's insane. They even have cameras in the TVs. Oh, don't get me started. Okay. Anyways, I, I think I've uh, I said enough. Uh, let's get into the word of God. Um, but anyway, it was, it was a great time in California. Uh, I'm always encouraged to meet uh, many of you that I have not met. And uh, it's just as humbling. Like I said, it's very humbling. Um, you know, people say, Pastor Todd, you're my pastor. I just, you know, want to make sure we have a relationship. I know you, uh, how I can be praying for you. When we do the remnant roll call on the Facebook page, on the Todd Coconado main page, uh, the public page and, and we do a prayer request. You know, I read through all those requests and that helps me to know, you know, what's going on. And uh, I will say this, and, and this is before we pray. Uh, if this is your church, um, I would not be a good shepherd to tell you, uh, you know, that you shouldn't tithe. You, you have, you know, tithing is a very important part uh, of, of our life in Jesus Christ because it's a trust factor. And uh, he says, test me in this. And so, you know, I know some of you are going through some financial struggles and tithing is scary. Uh, I've been there. I mean, giving like, you know, $20 when you're, you know, your bank account almost is on zero is a huge step of faith. Uh, but God honors that. And there's, I call it your insurance policy for your finances. You know, think about how you pay insurance for your car, your house. You know, when you tithe, that's our insurance policy on our life as far as our finances. And so there's a lot of people that operate in the spirit of poverty. You know, it's a poverty spirit. And that's because there's that, that lack of faith and trust in the Lord with your giving. But it's very important to sow a seed. So if this is your church, I, I just have to say as the pastor, um, I, I would recommend that you tithe because it is a commandment of the Lord and something that he requires of us. And uh, he says he'll give back, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe it. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's not lacking. And I want to break any poverty spirit over anybody in this community because we are meant to thrive, even in these times with inflation and all this stuff. I'm telling you, it's our insurance policy. 
When you tithe, it's insurance policy over your finances. God is going to provide for the remnant. There's a transfer of wealth that's happening from the wicked to the remnant. And I really believe that we're in the process of that because he knows the time is short, the hour is late, and we've got to get uh, you know, these things done. I mean, we've got to set up this infrastructure, this vision, the things that he's given us. This is an end time vision. How exciting is that? I mean, this is an end time vision. You know, we always thought about like, what's it going to be like? Well, we're now going into those times. I'm not saying we're at the tribulation yet, but uh, I think the hour is extremely late. Uh, I think that we're seeing the birth pangs and, and many things happening around the world and, uh, you know, wars and rumors of wars. But he said the end is not yet. I think we have one more round, uh, but it requires repentance and obedience. And I want to be on the, the right side, the winning side, which is team Jesus and the word of God. So, all right, let's get into the prayer and then we'll go ahead and get in the word. Heavenly Father, I thank you. We've talked about a lot of things. I feel like I've already given a message today, uh, but just exciting stuff that's going on in this community. Not only are we just, you know, a people of uh, talking and, um, you know, getting into your word and fellowship, but we're also people of action and we're people of big faith. And so today we're, we're, we're experiencing that big faith. We're walking into that. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. So we're going to get into your word today. And I pray that as we do, it comes alive to the people of God, Lord God, that they are just refreshed, recharged, strengthened in their faith. They go deeper in you, Lord God. And that we, we break right now any poverty spirit over this group, Lord God, anything that's lacking, if there's lack, Lord God, I pray, Father God, the lack would be broken, Lord God, that you would give back, press down, shaking together and running over, Lord God. You are the good shepherd, Lord God. You own a cattle on a thousand hills. You are not lacking. And this group is not meant to lack. We're meant to thrive in the middle of it all. And so I just thank you. We bless this community, Lord God. We bless those listening. And we say, Lord God, let them have the finances and the resources that they need. And Lord God, give them big vision and big faith. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Uh, the, the message is entitled, It's Time to Trust God. It's time to trust God. Friends, if ever there was a time we have to trust God, it's now. I've been looking at what's going on over in Eastern Europe. I've been talking to some uh, important, uh, you know, ministry leaders over there and, uh, you know, people that are in government positions in, in some of the Slavic states. And, uh, you know, just they're kind of letting me understand what's going on in their country and how this is affecting them. Some of the former Soviet breakaway republics. And uh, I'll tell you, the, the entire region is reeling, including uh, Europe. You know, it's, it's, this is really an international crisis, what's happening. And I know there's two different viewpoints. Of course, there's the people that, you know, think Russia is doing good work. And then there's the people that think Russia is the tyrant. Uh, there's the people that think Ukraine is very corrupt, which I happen to think Ukraine is very corrupt. Uh, but that doesn't mean I think Putin's a good guy, you know? So, uh, but what I've been saying is, it's like, instead of us arguing over this, because there's a lot of people on our side that are always arguing, you know, and we're always bickering amongst ourselves. And I, I can't tell you this, you know, I was at uh, this, this conference this last week, and people were trying to pull me into this infighting in the body of Christ. It's unbelievable. They want to get me involved and they're asking me all these questions. And I was you know, trying my best to answer them in a way that I was staying out of the weeds and I wasn't getting pulled into these, these in, you know, this infighting. But I've been in the Christian community for a long time, guys. I've never seen the infighting like this. So I think there's, a, there's something that the enemy is doing to try to cause discord and to try to cause you know, the Christian community to be at odds. You know, because as long as we're bickering and fighting amongst ourselves and slinging mud, uh, you know, we're not doing the work of the kingdom and we're distracted. And it also, you know, by the way, the enemy just keeps moving forward with his plan. 
you know, um, the, the globalists and the cabal and all the evil people, the shadow government, they're, they're moving forward. You know, the Davos group and the World Economic Forum, you know, they're moving forward with their plans. So as long as the Christian community is fighting and, you know, we're trying to figure out, is there even anything going on? You know, is there a deep state? Is there, I mean, you know, as we're trying to figure this out, well, they, they're laughing at us because they just keep going forward. So we can't get caught up in this discord. If you see someone that's sowing discord, pull, pull back and pray for them. But don't get ensnared in it because it's an ensnarement. And, and they try to do it to me all the time. They try to get me to say, well, what do you think about this person? Or what do you do? And, you know, they want my, and, and it's like, you know, I'm an opinionated person. So my flesh wants to answer, you know, but the thing is, is like, they're trying to pull me into their whole thing. And then that's a distraction and it causes me to be caught up. And then I have to sit here and, you know, go back and forth about it. And it's just time consuming and, you know, honestly, it's, it takes away about your character and people, you know, start arguing. And so we got to stay out of the weeds. We got to focus on the mission like a laser beam and not get caught up in the distractions. And so if somebody's sowing discord, pull back from them, pray for them. Uh, you know, if the Lord gives you a word, give them a word. But I'm telling you, don't get involved in that ensnarement, that, that trap of the enemy. OK, because uh, there's a lot of that. And, you know, some of you say, well, I don't see any of it. OK, well, that's great. Then it's not in your in your in your community. And that's OK. But in the greater body of Christ, I'm telling you right now, it's happening. And I've never seen it like this. So uh, that was a big part, you know, nothing against the people that put on the NRB or put on, you know, but but I'm just saying, you know, that was my experience there because the people that were attending, which were Christians, were trying to pull me in all this stuff. Not my friends that I posted pictures with. So don't, you know, but I'm talking about, um, you know, just as people were coming up and they were trying to get me involved in all this stuff. So. Anyway, uh, we've got to stay out of the distractions. We've got to stay out of the infighting, the mudslinging, the discord. The Lord talks about that in his word and those that sow discord. So we want to be a device of unity, a device of exhortation, encouragement, uh, you know, a, a, good, a good person in the body of Christ, somebody that's exhorting the saints and, and, and lifting up the body of Christ and, and, and you know, a, de a device of unity. You know, we don't unify with people that are in heretical practices or people that are outside of the, you know, the, the ways of God, but um, we unify with those that are true believers, right? Okay, so here's, um, here's the deal. On Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I love that verse in Proverbs. I would say this, it's time to trust the Lord. Uh, it's very easy to get discouraged. It's very easy to be nervous. It's very easy to be anxious. If you turn on any news at all, if you read the Drudge Report or you read any, you know, print papers that are out there on, online or, or, you know, digital print or actual print, uh, you're going to see uh, just really egregious headlines. You're going to see really concerning things in our world. And uh, I get all different types of videos. I don't know if you guys get people sending you different videos and this is going to happen and there's going to be an EMP and there's going to be a famine and there's going to be a war and, uh, you know, the, the stock market's going to crash and the U.S. dollar is going to be dethroned. And I'm not saying that all these things are not true because we're in pretty crazy times. So some of these things are happening or may happen. I, I believe the dollar is going to be dethroned at some point. And uh, I, would, I would advise this community, listen, uh, we are the remnant, right? I would advise this community to have storable food. Uh, you can go to remnantfood.com if you don't know what storable food is, remnantfood.com. But I would advise you, have storable food. Have at least two months supply. I think that's the minimum. Um, you know, I, I've tried, you know, I, it's expensive, I know. So what I've tried to do is, you know, just add 
incrementally as you know we get a little bit of extra money okay we're gonna we're gonna buy some food and we don't really get much extra money but you know what i'm saying so i'm in this boat with you um you know but but i i try to you know gold and silver if you're if you're able i know gold is extremely expensive but maybe buy a couple silver coins and you know take 20 bucks here or 30 bucks there and just put it aside and then when you have a little bit of money buy some coins uh you know just just to kind of diversify a little bit in, in case we ever needed that um, part of the Remnant Revival Center's mission and, and goal is to be a trade and barter center at some point. I think we're going to need to trade and barter. We've talked about this for a while. So, uh, you know, and also be a storehouse where we can store up. Imagine if at the Remnant Revival Center, we start storing up some food, you know, and, and in the meantime, well, well, that's not set up yet. You know, we can store it at our homes. But um, I, I think these are all just, you know, none of it's to put fear into anybody, but we're in turbulent times. And uh, we see the writing on the wall that there could be some issues with the food supply and the, you know, so I think two months supply is good. And, um, you know, you don't have to go to one of those food sites that I recommend. You could also go to your grocery store and get some canned goods that aren't going to expire. And that's a little cheaper way to do it. There's even some discount stores like Aldi and others that you can get canned goods for really cheap. Walmart, I mean, you know, I don't really recommend Walmart, uh, but, you know, because they support China so much, but. Um, you know, there's a lot of stores that we can go buy canned foods. Um, you know, there, there's just ways that you can store up food and have your, your family protected in case a famine comes. Uh, another thing that you can do is you can grow food. You know, you can grow food in your backyard. You can have a garden. There's different ways to do it now. You can use hydroponics. You can, you know, even have an in indoor garden. There's all different ways that you can, you can prepare as a family. And again, not, not you know, we're not crazy prepper, you know, I'm not trying to go into like the extreme, uh, but I just think it's wisdom to, to think about some of these things, because we're, like I said, we're in turbulent times, you know, have a generator if you can, in case the power goes out, you know, um, just things like, you know, just wisdom, you know, just wisdom, right? But, but the key is we get so caught up in this that sometimes we forget what the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on on your understanding. So I think preparation is good, but don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. Don't, don't worry. The Bible says, what good does worrying do? It doesn't do any good. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. His hand is on you. His anointing is on you. You know, so there's a delicate balance. And, and as healthy believers, we're going to have to be determined to understand, you know, where's the healthy balance? You know, where, you know, I can prep, but I don't want to be, you know, going off the rails, you know, and, 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 and becoming consumed with that, making it an idol in my life, you know? And I always say, you know, if, it, if nothing, you know, nothing ever happens, then praise God, we were prepared, right? But if something does happen, then you're the person that's set up for success, right? But don't be consumed by it because there's people in this community that get consumed. They make it an idol. You know, it's all they think about is, you know, there's going to be an EMP. There's going to be this, you know, and they send me these videos. Don't live in that place. Because we have to know our identity in Christ. You know, even if we had no preparation whatsoever, we've got to remember we're blessed and highly favored of the Lord and that his hand is on our life. And I believe he's going to give us the understanding and the strategy. And so if, if calamity strikes, we're still going to be able to live and thrive. That's a crazy concept, but it's true. I mean, think of even the, the nation of Israel, you know, when the people of Israel were in captivity, there were still Jews that were prospering. There were still Jews that were thriving, even in captivity. And so we have to understand our identity. You know, times are turbulent. The world is crazy. It's very easy to be consumed, you know, but at the same time, you know, even if you have done no prepping, you say, Pastor Todd, I have no money whatsoever to buy coins. I have no money whatsoever to buy storable food. Okay, 
no worries. I mean, I'm just trying to do my job as a pastor and give good counsel. I think it's wisdom to have some of those things, if able. But here's the, here's the part. Here's the caveat to that. Even if you don't, you're blessed and highly favored of the Lord. God is going to make a way. How do I know? He's done it with me every single time. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. He's never left me high and dry, ever. What does the Bible say? I've never seen the righteous forsaken or go begging for bread. Never. Not sometimes. Never. Okay? And so that's who we are. We've got to get it in our head. That's our identity in Jesus Christ. That's who we are. Right? That's a good thing. So your identity is that you are the person that God was talking about when he said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or go begging for bread. That's you. Don't live in fear. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He's directing my path, friends. He's directed my path for many years. He's directing your path. Whatever you're going through today, whatever the challenge, you challenge with your kids. You say, Pastor Todd, I can't even think about the world. I can't even think about Ukraine. I can't even think about getting storable food or you know, silver or any of those things. Right now, my life is a mess. My marriage is a mess. Right now, you know, everything's crazy. I don't even have the energy to think about that. I'm just trying to get through the day. Well, we're here to stand with you. I want to encourage you today. God is not done with you. He's not done with your family. He's not done with your situation. Although it may look really bad and discouraging right now, he's going to make a way where it seems like there is no way. He's going to give you that hope. He is the hope. Jesus is enough. He's the hope of glory. Trust in him with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. and He will direct your path. That is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. Because if that becomes the blueprint of our life and our walk with Jesus Christ, we are set up for success. It's time to trust the Lord. It's time to trust the Lord. Psalm 118, verse 8. Psalm 118, verse 8, it says this. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Hallelujah. I just talked about so many things today. And that, you know, some of it was in the natural. But the thing is, is that, you know, trusting in man, man will let you down. If I would have put my trust and hope in man, I would have left the body of Christ a long time ago. I've seen so much shenanigans. I've seen people fall that I looked up to. People have let me down. You know, one of the most just hurts my heart so much, hurts my heart so much. When I go around the country and people say, Pastor Todd, I see the Lord is, is you know, doing things in the ministry with you. And, and please, please don't fall. They say, please don't, you know, let there be a, a moral fall, you know, where you you do something and, uh, you know, there's something that happens in the ministry. And um, I, it just breaks my heart because this has happened so many times in the body of Christ that people are just so broken from it. Uh, they've seen a moral failure, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, unfortunately, it's, it's the reality of our world. But the thing is, this is where God set me up for success. And I'm going to share this with you. Many years ago, he set me up for success. And this is what he did. Okay. Uh, what he did was he said, you know what? Don't worry about what man does. This is a personal relationship with me and you. And I'm going to get you through to the end of your life and then beyond. You know, you're going you're to rule and reign with me in eternity. But I'm with you even until the end of the age. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But here's the thing. Man's going to let you down. Even the best of preachers are going to have moral failures at times. You know, it's awful. And, I, and I, I pray. I mean, listen, for me, I have accountability. I have elders. I have mentorship. Uh, I'm in prayer constantly. I'm in the word. I, I, I've set up all the things around this ministry so that there's safeguards. And I think that's what we all need to do. 
safeguards, accountability, mentorship, discipleship, eldership, put safeguards around your life so that you don't have a moral failure. Okay. And, and that's the thing is like, we got to have the Holy spirit and conviction of the Holy spirit. So if we're engaging in something that is not right before the Lord, that there's a conviction on our heart and, and that the Lord chastises us, but we have to have the ears to hear. We have to have the ears to hear. So it's, it's sad and it's unfortunate that there's been all these moral failures over the years with leaders and pastors. And I'm so sorry that, you know, people have seen that and it may have happened to you where a pastor let you down or somebody in your life let you down that you looked up to and, and it's caused you, you know, to have turbulence in your walk with God. But here's what, again, listen to what I just said, because this is how I've sustained throughout the years when I've seen that with people that I trusted and loved and they broke my trust or they hurt me. Or I was like, what in the world is, is that it's between us and God. Man will let you down. That's why you have to have that personal relationship with Jesus. That's why you have to have a prayer life. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. There's a lot of people giving prophetic words. I'm not against prophetic words. It's a fivefold ministry gifting. Not all prophecy is from God, though. Sometimes it's flesh. And they're just speaking it as if it's a prophecy. So that's why it's got to confirm in the mouth of two more witnesses, my word shall be established. Okay, number one, it confirms in your heart. So two or more, well, that's easy because it's like, if there's a, a person that's giving you a prophecy and then there's you and it confirms in your spirit and it confirms in theirs, well, there's two or more witnesses, right? But it's still on top of that has to confirm with the word of God. It's got to confirm with the word of God. It's got to, so if the word of God is in, you know, is in alignment with the word that was given to you and it's confirming in your spirit and it's confirmed in the mouth of two or more witnesses, that's a good word. I would say that's a pretty good word. Okay. It still might not be right, but you know, at least it's you're going through a system of checks and balances. But a lot of people just take somebody's prophecy and they just run with it. They don't even ask the Lord if it's from the Holy Spirit. And, and, and they'll make big life decisions. And sometimes it's not of God and it causes issues. So you got to make sure it's from the Lord. Just put it through that system of checks and balances if you get a prophetic word. But again, my sheep hear my voice. We should be hearing from God. We should be knowing what the Lord is speaking. How? In our prayer life. The Lord speaks to me in prayer. I've come to know his voice. I've come to know when he's speaking to me. I know when he's chastising me. I know when he's giving me a word. I know when, you know, because I know his voice. I know the Holy Spirit. It's taken me, you know, some time to get to the place where I, I have this confidence level. Uh, but, but, you know, I know God because why? We're in relationship. Just like if my mom calls and she says, Todd, you know, but something she wants to tell me. I know it's her. I know her voice. I know her, you know, her her attitude. I know everything that's, you know, I, I know her, you know, I, I know. Yes. That sounds like pastor Lorraine. She, she's a pastor too. Sounds like Lorraine. You know, it sounds like it's, it's for coming from her. How do I know that now? If somebody else called and they said, Hey, I'm, I'm your mom or I'm Lorraine. And it wasn't her. I would know right away because I know her voice. We're in relationship and I know her personality and that's how it should be with God. And how does that happen? Because I've spent time with my mom. We've spent years together. We know each other. That's how it should be with God. We've got to know God. How do we do that is being in relationship with him. That's how we hear his voice. And how do we get a relationship? We get in the word of God. This is one way to know God and how he thinks and what he wants us to do. And, and you know, basic instructions before leaving earth. The Bible is so critical, so crucial, so important for your faith walk, for your, for your trusting in God. This is going to set you up for success. Okay. But also in our prayer life. How many people do I talk to that are amazing people, people in this community, amazing people. And I say, do you guys pray? Uh, you know, we probably need to pray more. 
Okay, I'm not here to chastise you. I'm not here to condemn you. There's therefore no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. But you know what? It's time to get into prayer. It's time to go into the secret place. It's time to have that relationship. And that's going to how that's going to get you through the long term as the people let you down. And, the, you know, they, some pastor may fall. You know, we're going to see all kinds of exposure and crazy stuff the next couple of years. I'm telling you, it's going to be like unlike anything we've ever seen. So be ready. This is a shaking. We're in a shaking right now. And I don't think it's just going to stop. We're, we're in the cusp of the greatest revival. I believe it. How do I believe it? Why do I believe it? Because I see it. I'm out there. And I've never seen the lines this long. I've never seen so many people getting baptized. I've never seen so many people getting prayer. It's amazing what God is doing. We're in the beginning, beginning stages of this. It's going to get better. But it's a, the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. So while the revival is happening, we're also going through turbulent times in our world. It's the birth pains. We're getting close. The hour is late. So it's time for the church to stand up. It's time for us to be bold and unafraid. It's time for us to trust God. In uh, Psalm 46, 10, and by the way, you know, David, King David was someone after, you know, man after God's heart. He wasn't perfect. He made a lot of mistakes. There was times he sinned. He got chastised for the sin. He had to deal with the sin. There were repercussions of those sin, but he was a man after God's heart. And what do I say? We've got to be good repenters. If you fall, get up. If you make a mistake, get up. Man will not always forgive you. And if you make a big one, you're going to have to deal with the consequences. But God does forgive. God does forgive. So get up, stand up. You know, if you made a big mistake in your life, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to recover. You know what? God will forgive you. You got to repent. You got to turn from the wickedness and move forward in Christ. And God will give you a strategy and God will give you a way. He always gives a way out. He's amazing like that. But you got to turn from your sin. Don't, don't, don't engage in repetitive sin. Don't go back to your vomit. Don't go back to your past. Don't go back to things that you've already been delivered from. That's going to be an ensnarement for you. Okay, uh, Psalms uh, 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's time to be still. Although we're in a time of action, you know, in certain situations, God still has me waiting on him. In certain situations, as much as I want to do and do and and, you know, even with the Remnant Revival Centers, look, I, you know, I felt I heard August and uh, there was a prophetic word that was given to me that confirmed that. So in the mouth of two or more witnesses. And then there was a third person that was sitting there that also bore witness in their spirit. And it didn't go against the word of God. So, OK, August, that's cool. Sounds good to me. Sounds like God is speaking. We're believing in Nashville. We're going to have a Remnant Revival Center by August. I'm walking in faith. I'm trusting the Lord. But at the same time, if he decides not to do it by then, I know that he's God. He's directing my path. He will make a way in his timing and how he wants to do it. Does that make sense? I don't want to sound like I'm kind of waffling here. What I'm saying is, is that we have things in our mind and God has a way to do it. If it's him, if it's his perfect will, he will make a way. Sometimes it ends up being different than what we thought because we're human and we don't always understand his ways. So we walk forward, we show up, we're like Isaiah, send me, I'll go. We show up, we say, use me, Lord, here I am, send me, and we show up. That's our job. We have faith, we trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart. We believe God is moving, but God does his part. And so it has to be our part and his part in order for some of these things to happen. Does that make sense? Our job is to show up. Our job is to be a people of prayer. Our, our job is to hear his voice. 
Our job is to be obedient to the word of God. Our job is to trust. It's time to trust the Lord. Okay, Psalm 28.7. I love these verses this morning. These are some awesome verses, aren't they? The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts. Uh, And I am helped. Thank you, God. My heart exalts. And with my song, I give thanks to him. The Lord is our strength and our shield. He is our strength in these turbulent times. He is the shield that protects us, even though crazy stuff is going on. Many of you had to, you know, step out of your job because of the jab. You took a step of faith. Some of you have gotten better jobs. Some of you are still praying about getting a job, a new job. Wherever season you're in, though, remember this. The Lord is your strength. He's your shield. In him, our heart trusts. Trust is a big deal in a relationship. I don't know, you know, if you've ever noticed this, but like, if you don't trust your spouse or you don't trust your girlfriend or your boyfriend, or you don't trust your friend or, you know, someone in your family, family member, that's a big violation of that relationship. It's hard to have a healthy relationship. In fact, I would say it's impossible to have a healthy relationship without trust. That's why God is saying, look, you want to have a relationship with me? It's the most important relationship you have. It's number one over everything else. Well, that relationship needs trust. We've got to trust the Lord. Amen. And and with our song, we give thanks to him. I love the end of that verse because he's saying, look, no matter what the situation, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to give him glory. I'm going to give him honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. All right. We're almost done here. Matthew 6, 25. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put out, will put on. In, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Hallelujah. Wow. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious in your life. Are you listening? What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Amen. I mean, that's like self-explanatory. We've got to stop being anxious. We've got to stop worrying. We've got to stop fearing. God is preparing us to go into this next season. Although it's going to be turbulent at times, it's going to, you're going to thrive, you're going to prosper, you're going to see winds, you're going to you see very discouraging things. That's why I say best of times, worst of times, at the same time. You're going to see good things, you're going to see bad things, but we know how to put on the armor of God. We know how to trust the Lord with all of our heart, leaning not on our own understanding. Don't worry about the clothes on your back. Don't worry about the food. God's going to provide. I love that verse. Every one of us should take that verse, Matthew 6, 25, and post it somewhere in our home where you're going to see it every day. Maybe your refrigerator or your mirror in your bathroom or something, but that's, that's an important, important one. Um, okay. Psalm 9, 10, it says, and those who know your name, put their trust in you for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. He has not forsaken us. He has not forsaken us. He will not forsaken us even until the end of the age. So whenever you feel like you're losing, you're on the winning team. You're not losing. Okay, you're not losing. I'm speaking that to somebody right now who feels discouraged. You are not a loser. You're a winner. If you're on team Jesus, you're on the right side. If you're in the world and you're messed up, then you're on your way to hell. That's why we're going to give you an opportunity in a minute to walk out of darkness. If you've been watching this broadcast and you say, I'm so tired of walking in darkness. If I were to die, if I were to get killed, if Jesus were to come, I want to make sure I'm on my way to heaven. We're going to give you an opportunity in just a minute. In Hebrews 13, 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why is that important in this message? Because we've always known that you can trust God. 
Look at the scripture. Look at the stories. Look at how he delivered the people of Israel. Look at how he's been faithful in your own life. He's answered prayers time and time again. You're still here. There's been challenges. There's been seasons when you thought, how am I going to make it? What am I going to do? You remember those seasons, but God got you through. That's why you're here today. It seemed hopeless, but here you are. And God says, I'm going to do the same thing. Trust in him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm feeling the glory up in this place. Hallelujah. It's time to trust the Lord. It's time to trust the Lord. One more scripture, Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You may abound. You live in hope. Who's hope? What's hope? Jesus. He's come in our heart. He's filled us. He's given us the strength. He's given us the wisdom. He's given us the knowledge. He's given us the peace that passes understanding and the joy unspeakable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. It's time to trust the Lord. It's time to trust the Lord. My friends, if you have heard nothing else today, hear these words. It is time to trust the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this word. I believe it's a now word. I believe, Lord, as we go forward in the mission, many of us have challenges in our lives, Lord God. Many of us have been discouraged, depressed, oppressed. We felt hopelessness at times. We felt alone. But Lord God, you say it's time to trust you. It's, tr it's time to put our trust and our faith and our hope in you. You are the author and finisher of our faith, Lord God. And so, Lord, I pray that each and every person listening today would remember this as they go about their week, would remember this as they walk forward in this new season. It's time to trust you, God. It's time to put all of our trust, all of our hope, all of our faith in you. There, there's no political answer. There's no chemical solution. You know, there's no monetary solution, Lord God. You are the solution. You are the answer. You are the hope, Lord God. And so it's time to put our faith and trust in you. Without faith, it's impossible to please you, but with faith, you can move a mountain. Move the mountains in these precious saints of God's lives, Lord God. Let them rise up in faith. Let them rise up in hope. Let them rise up in trust. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. He's so good, friends. He's so good. He's so good. He's moving right now. He's moving right now. Just, just spend time in his presence. If you, if you feel the glory of the Lord, just, just lift up your hands right now. Thank you, God. Praise you, Lord. Lord, I just bless every person that's watching right now. Encourage them. Strengthen them in their faith, Lord God. Let them go deeper in you, Lord God. Let this be a season of tremendous growth. Hallelujah. Breakthrough in Jesus' name. Breakthrough. Somebody's getting a breakthrough right now. It just came. Right now. It just came. Right now. Breakthrough. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. In your situation. Sometimes it has to happen in the supernatural before it manifests in the natural. Right now, God is manifesting in the supernatural, a breakthrough in your situation. Receive it this morning. Thank you, God, for the breakthrough. It just came right now like that. It's a suddenly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Breakthrough in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to your name, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for that breakthrough, God. Hallelujah. Listen, on my best day of preaching, I can't make you feel that. That's the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the, is the living God. Manifest. The manifest presence of the living God. It's tangible. You can feel it. Thank you, God. 
Let's pray. If you want to accept the Lord today as your personal Lord and Savior, you've heard the message. Maybe you've been following for a while and you say, Pastor Todd, today's the day. I'm tired of this life. I, I want to I want to step out of darkness. I want to step into the light and life of Jesus Christ. If that's you, will you just pray this prayer with me this morning? Let's pray this together. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for being my Lord and being my Savior. Jesus, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord and I will serve you all the days of my life. I commit to you today my life, my heart. Holy Spirit, come in me. Live in my heart. Live in me. I bless you and I thank you. And I give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. What a day. What a day. What a day. I thought I was tired when I started off, but God gave me supernatural energy. And I just feel like the presence of the Lord is here this morning. What an amazing morning. I'm sorry we're a little bit late today, but I think God did something very special here. It's going to be a good week. Start declaring it. It's going to be a good week. There's going to be more breakthroughs. We're going to see blessing over this week. Don't get caught up in the prophets of Baal, the mainstream corporate media, and their lies and propaganda. You are a child of the Most High God. His anointing and favor is on your life. You're going to see blessing, favor. Hallelujah. Take the territory for the kingdom of God. Pull down the strongholds. Know who you are in Jesus Christ. And remember, it's time to trust the Lord. God bless you. We'll be back next week.